listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Warning Track with your host, Zach Swearad. Welcome, Michigan State baseball fans, to the off-season edition of the Warning Track. And actually, it's just me today, just Zach, no Brett. Uh, Brett's out doing better things, actually. Brett is actually doing an internship right now. So Brett is bettering his life, and so am I, in a way. And I'm bettering your guys' lives, informing you about the news and off-season Michigan State baseball. And we're actually going to talk to Coach Boss in a little bit here, maybe like 15 minutes, and we'll get a good interview with him, and then we'll break it down afterwards. But right now, just talking a little bit about what's going on in the world of sports, the wide world of sports, if you're down in Orlando. Um, right now, the World Series is going on. Actually, yeah, the Giants just clinched it last night, Thursday, the 16th, and they beat the St. Louis Cardinals and are actually now in the World Series against the Kansas City Royals. It would have been a bit exciting to see the Subway Series with the Cardinals and the Royals, but I think the Giants and the Royals are more two teams more of destiny. And you see the Giants actually the past two times in 2010 and 2012 when they made it to the postseason that, you know, they were actually that team of destiny that the Royals were. And I think it's really exciting being, you know, living in Michigan. As you guys know, if you've listened to me, I am a White Sox fan. And, you know, it was depressing for my rivals, actually the Tigers, because, you know, they huge payroll. You know, they're making all these moves and everything, getting David Price. Um, and it's gotten really nowhere in the past couple seasons. And you look at just like, you know, the Dodgers, who, you know, didn't even make it past the ALDS. And Clayton Kershaw, by the way, uh, you know, he's in contention for the MVP award in the National League. You know, he, he pitched brutal against the Cardinals. And actually, that's the second series, you know, the Cardinals have had his, had his name and actually in his number, ironically, both on the back of his Dodgers jersey. But, you know, it's been rough. For the Dodgers especially, you know, if you have the highest payroll in baseball, you expect good things to happen. You know, especially with their, the players they have, you know, they're going to lose a lot of guys next year, especially even Hanley Ramirez, one of their better players. Um, but it's tough. You know, I think it's pretty exciting for some of the smaller ball clubs, you know, some of the smaller payrolls. Oakland used to be one of those teams until this year they went all out. But it's been pretty exciting. You know, the Royals have a small payroll. The Royals and the Giants both had under 90 wins, and that's actually the first time that's happened in actually quite a few years. And I don't, I don't know. I think it's a fun World Series in terms of my predictions. Prediction time, everybody. I do think that the Royals will pull it out in roughly five games. I am worried, however, if you're looking for my opinion, that the Royals will have a tough time facing any adversity. So, you know, if the Giants are, um, you know, they win game one or something, or they, you know, they win a late game, they have a late game heroics, like a late game air, like they did against the Cardinals that won them the game, or, you know, that the Giants just win a game and, you know, the Royals face some adversity. I don't know how a young ball club like, you know, Kansas City will do with that, um, especially that the way they've played so far in the postseason. So I do think that the Royals will win. You know, it's kind of the consensus pick right now. I hate going with, at a hipster radio station, I hate going against that. But, um, you know, yeah, so I do think the Royals will pull together with that big game. James will, you know, shut down another game for the Royals. Um, and I think it will work out pretty well. So it's an exciting World Series. Other news going on right now. In the sporting world, um, you know, we obviously have the Jameis Winston case going on right now. Big football games this weekend. Michigan State football playing pretty well, looking pretty good for the playoff popes. But uh, now baseball. MSU baseball, the moment you guys have all been waiting for. And actually, it's unfortunate Brad isn't here because we have a lot of good storylines, a lot of good predictions that I'm going to make, um, you know, talk with Coach, maybe either 
you know, satisfying those predictions or kind of shutting them down, actually. So we're going to talk about a few different things. You know, I'm going to break it down here for you. A few things, you know, obviously it was the offseason, and we're going to talk to Coach a little bit about, you know, the green and white game. And for those of you fans that don't know what the green and white game is, it happens at the end of the fall practice season schedule. And it's an inter-squad game, and, you know, it pits two teams against each other, the green and the white, and Michigan State players play against each other. And it was actually pretty rewarding. You know, Coach said in the interview, we'll play it for you. Um, you know, and last week he said, you know, roughly there, I mean, there's a decent amount of fans there. He said, you know, there's 250 family members. It's mainly a family members event. The game on Sunday, October 12th was a, you know, invite your family there. This is a family event. And it's really cool because you get a lot of the freshmen get some, you know, good playing experience against some, you know, actually pretty good, pretty good talent in the Big Ten. And I think it's a great experience. You know, some of the pitch, pretty much almost everybody gets to pitch. Everybody gets a hit. It's almost like a little league game. Um, <laughs> Coach probably wouldn't be happy about hearing that, but yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty exciting. Um, and actually, in the first game on Sunday, the green team won, and they were led by Anthony Checky. And Checky had a great performance. And we'll talk to Coach a little bit about what his production means this year. But you know, Checky's performance—he was three for four. He had three RBIs. He's actually, you know, the MVP of that game. But another performance on the losing team was actually freshman and Mr. Baseball in Michigan was Zach McGuire. And Coach, you know, in a little bit, he's going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, Zach McGuire doesn't really have a position. So it's a little bit tough right now, you know, especially being a freshman, tough trying to find that spot for him. But, you know, if he keeps producing like he is, if he keeps putting out the numbers like he does, you know, having two RBIs, a home run in a game against, you know, talent in the Big Ten that got them into the second round of the Big Ten tournament, that's pretty impressive. So, you know, we'll talk to Coach a little bit about that. There's some other freshmen, you know, in terms of vying for that right field spot, you know, that Pickens left. Uh, we'll talk to a coach a little bit about that, but in terms of freshman playing, you know, it's tough. You know, we'll talk a little bit about in terms of the, the third starter role, in terms of who should start. I'm saying in terms of a lot, but who should start that third starter role. Um, and I, honestly, I think it should be a known commodity. Well, I'll really stress this, you know, after the interview with coach, but who should start that third starter role? And we talked a lot about last year in terms of, you know, Jeff Kinley, uh, you know, step it in in relief in the Big Ten tournament. And then, you know, Cam View pitched great, you know, Van Voss and Allman. Uh, but this year it's tough because you don't have that, you know, for sure third starters, somewhat similar like last year. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, my pick is obviously Anthony Misevich. I've talked to you guys about this, you know, earlier in the fall and then obviously in the summer. You know, I think Misevich is a stud. You know, he pitched great in, you know, the Big Ten tournament in that game against Nebraska. He had a bunch of strikeouts. He really stepped up his game. You know, I think that's a huge you know, when, those, when the stakes are on the line, you know, when things go wrong, you find out, you know, what's it all about in an individual. So, you know, when Masavich, you know, is pitching some of the best talent, the second best in the Big Ten, actually, you know, he stepped his game up. So I think that, that really impressed me, and I think it should go a long way, you know, in terms of him starting for Michigan State down in the future. So in terms of, you know, right now my two picks, actually I didn't even tell you about my right field picks. So in terms of right field, I'm looking right now, I like speed. So I think what gave Michigan State a big advantage during the season was having was when they moved up Gibson back into that two spot and then checking Gibson up top. So when you have a bunch of speed, that's an element, especially if you're looking at right now in baseball, the Kansas City Royals, every single guy in their lineup can almost steal a base. Even Billy, Billy Butler stole a base. Um, he actually stole the base after the game as well. Um, but in terms of speed, yeah, so if you put Chase Toth out there, who's obviously my pick, um, in right field, you have arguably one of the fastest outfields in college baseball right now. And you have three guys in your lineup who can steal bases consistently. 
And that's another, you know, facet of your of your offensive of your offense just in general pretty much that a lot of teams can't bring to the table. So, you know, I think that Michigan State should obviously put out, you know, Chase Toth in right field and then toss out Anthony Masevich as a third starter role. So we'll talk to Coach about that. And then we will also talk to Coach about some guys who are bringing up, who are bringing the talent, you know, this year. So I think a big thing is the loss of Jimmy Pickens in right field and obviously in that four spot in the batting order is who's going to fill that production. You know, Pickens hit great. He had over 300. He had 35 RBIs, five home runs. And a slugging percentage, you know, upwards of the high 400s. And who's going to fill that? You know, last year we'll bring up the stats of Ryan Krill. You know, Krill struggled a bit last year. In terms of stats, he had 234. Um, you know, he had 15 RBIs, three home runs, 356 slugging percentage, on base percentage of around, just playing with the stats here, on base percentage of 322. So in terms of that, of Pickens, Pickens hit 427 on base percentage. And Pickens also, we we always joked in the in the uh, in the press box. Pickens had deceptive speed, so Pickens actually stole quite a few bases on this season, and that's what really impressed a lot of guys. So in terms of you know who stole all the bases, Cam Gibson did a lot, but the second leader for the Big Ten in stolen bases, obviously you guys, I'm going to tell you <laughs> in a few seconds, but it was actually Jimmy Pickens. So obviously number one was none other than. Anthony Checky, the leadoff man with 29 stolen bases. But second for Michigan State was Jimmy Pickens with 22. So he's 22 at 27, a great stolen base percentage. So he would just a lot of times, you know, when, when guys aren't really thinking about it, you know, two outs, pitcher's not focusing on the base runner, Pickens will steal and get in a great position, you know, runners in scoring position, you know, ducks on the ponds, we like to say, in the baseball field. You know, the guys, guys that play to get excited, they're like, all right, I have a chance to get an RBI now. So I think that is going to be tough to make up. You know, there's no guy that will really step in and get that extra, you know, speed production. Maybe Tofen right field. But, you know, especially I think Coach really talks about, and he'll talk about it in the interview, Curl really stepped up his game. So he really improved over, you know, obviously, obviously in the summer. And then in the fall, he's shown a lot of signs of improvement. And I think that he will really be another key or cog in the Spartans offense this year. So I think his production will step up. Being a left-handed power hitter, you expect a lot from him. So I think that if Krill really steps up his game this year, I think that'll be huge for Michigan State. So I think it'll be really big and really exciting for, you know, you fans, the players, and the coaching staff. And I think it'll be a huge, huge add of production, especially whoever's in right field, maybe Brandon Hughes, maybe Troop, maybe Chase Toth, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, so we'll talk to Coach a little bit about that, who is going to be starting where, and then who he thinks will be, you know, competitive next year. Who will be some of the players or some of the players, actually, in the Big Ten in terms of teams. Obviously, Maryland's coming over this year, who were actually pretty close to making the College World Series. Great ball club. And then, you know, talk about the Big Ten tournament. So, obviously, it's eight teams. You know, Coach, we, we hadn't really asked Coach about this, but in terms of this year, the actual Big Ten tournament is in Minnesota at Target Field, where the Twins play. So, we'll talk to him about that, and then also get his World Series prediction. So, we're going to bring up the interview here. Um, with Coach Jake Boss. Have a listen, and we'll break it down right after. So, guys, we're here with Coach Boss. Uh, Coach, how's it going? You know, season season just ended for the fall, and he actually just got meetings wrapping up and everything. How are you doing on this Friday afternoon? Yeah, doing great. Doing great, Zach. We uh, you know, had a good fall season. Fall practice ended yesterday, right. Thursday, with uh, our uh, Green and White World Series, and, uh, you know, things went well there, and guys really played well. I think a lot of our younger guys, Got a lot better, and uh, yeah, it's always an exciting time to watch those young kids uh, 
you know, start to improve and, and get adjusted to the, the college game. So, all in all, very good fall. We're very pleased. It was really exciting. And actually, those green and white games we saw in the first game, even though the white team fell behind in the, in the, you know, the end of the game, Zach McGuire, Mr. Baseball Michigan, actually hit a, hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth, in the ninth inning, and then he actually had two RBIs in that game. That was pretty exciting. He did. Yeah, he did. You know, Zach is a kid that really got, uh, was fun to watch. He got a lot better as the fall progressed. And his last, last two weeks of the fall, I thought, were outstanding. He, was, he really squared up a lot of balls. He hit a lot of balls hard. And, um, you know, he's going to be a heck of a player here for us. And uh, not quite sure what his role is going to be yet. <laughs> This spring, you know, there's right. a lot of time between now and February, but uh, at the same time, you know, we feel very good about uh, the progress that he made and and his comfort level with uh, with playing at this at this uh, level of baseball now, and um, he's going to be a heck of a player here for us in the next couple of years. Well, it's exciting too because as, as I spoke to you last week, you know, these these green and white games, you know, there's more fans there. It's more of a a real life experience as to what's going to come in the spring. So that's good. We have some of the freshmen really stepping up their games this week. Yeah, they you know really they really did, and, and we had our parent day on Sunday and had tremendous support. We had you know probably close to 250 people there, and uh, you know for uh, uh, you know for parent day that's uh, that was fun to see. So it's a it's a close knit group, um, you know, and they they really come together and gel very well. No, it's excellent excellent to hear. Yeah, and so actually another standout in that first game was actually Anthony Checky too. He went three for four, three RBIs. And question for you, you know. In terms of his production, and then I'll ask you another question in regards to this, you know, obviously you guys lost Jimmy Pickens uh, last year. In terms of Checky, and I know I spoke to you last week about Ryan Krill, how are those two guys, you know, in the fall really looking to step up their production to kind of counterbalance the loss of, you know, Pickens' performance last year? Well, Checky's been a a very steady player for us now for four years. I mean, his game is, is, is one where he needs to see a lot of pitches, get on base, you know, kind of create some, uh, some havoc on the base paths and, steal bases and things like that, and, and he did that again this fall. Uh, you know, he gets a little overzealous. I think sometimes he gets a little too excited and <laughs> gets himself into trouble when he chases balls out of the strike zone. But, you know, at the same time, you know, he's, he's got a pretty good handle on his game and, and what he's got to do to be successful. And Ryan Crow was another guy that really took a big jump this fall, made a lot of adjustments over the summer, I think kind of reevaluated him, him his game uh, after last season. And, uh really took to heart some of the things that we talked about in our end-of-the-year meetings last year and worked on it last summer and really made a big, uh, um, you know, big jump this fall. I think in 40-some at-bats this fall, he did not strike out one time. And so That's huge. he's really really made a big adjustment. And, um, yeah, his, 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 the results are shown. That's excellent. No, especially like we talked about, you know, Pickens was a left-handed bat. Having those left-handed bats, you know, strategically placed in the lineup and having them you know, being able to produce is really important, so that's exciting to hear. Absolutely, no question about it. <laughs> in terms of in the outfield, so talking about Shaggy and then obviously Gibson and left, you know, any thoughts on who will, you know, play in right field? I know it's early in the season, but any standouts so far? Well, you know, it is early. We do have a couple guys that uh, are vying for that spot right now. i tell you who had a really great fall as a freshman switch hitter named Brandon Hughes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brandon Brand is also a guy that uh, – will pitch for us as well. So, um, you know, I think uh, uh, Brandon made a heck of a jump. Um, another freshman, Alex Troop, really had a good fall uh, as well, and he's he's in the same boat. He's left-handed. Uh, he also pitches as well. And so those are two guys that are kind of like two players for the price of one for us. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and so those two guys I think are, I would say right now, are the front runners. But, you know, again, there's a lot of time between now and then, so 
you know, guys will continue to get better, continue to work hard and improve. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see how it plays out. Exactly. And then in terms of, you know, speaking about losses around the Big Ten, you know, obviously the, the leaders in the Big Ten last year, Indiana. Indiana lost, you know, as you know, Sam Travis, Schwarber, and then also their, their stud ace, player, pitcher of the year, Donato. You know, how do you think those losses will impact, you know, their, their standings next year? And how do you think, you know, that'll help you guys fare better against them next year? Well, you know, I mean, obviously it's a very good ball club, even though they did lose some guys. I mean, it's a group there that knows how to win. They've got a new coach as well. Um, and uh, But he comes from a very good program uh, where he was an assistant at Louisville. And and so they, you know, like I said, they know how to win. And uh, I, I'm, a, you know, I, we have to assume they're going to be just fine. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they've got things rolling down there from a recruiting standpoint as well. So, um, you know, the league is getting deeper and deeper. Maryland joins the league this year. And, uh, you know, Maryland was the team last year that was, uh, I think, three outs away from going to Omaha mm-hmm. and, and playing the World Series. And so, you know, we add them to the league. And, and uh, it just becomes more and more competitive. In terms of speaking in that competitiveness, you know, I, I asked you last year in terms of, you know, the upper echelon of teams that you're going to be competing against. So, you know, obviously Indiana's up there, Nebraska. So would you add Maryland to that list and then maybe, you know, toss in Illinois and Michigan? Yeah, I, you know, I would definitely add Maryland to that. I think based on where, what they accomplished a year ago, and I think you look at Illinois um, and with the pitching that they've got returning, uh, you know, and I think they've got, maybe 31 of 35 guys returning to their ball club. And uh, so they've got a lot of experience, you know, coming back. Um, you know, Michigan, we didn't play them last year. So to be honest with you, I don't, don't know a whole lot about them uh, other than, you know, just knowing some of the guys that, that uh, you know, that they've recruited. But, right. uh, you know, it's uh, we'll, we'll play them in a non-conference game this, this year, but um, down in Comerica Park. But, uh, yeah, like I said, the league, I think, just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And, uh, you know, that's good for us on a national level. Right, yeah, especially with the recruits, and then, you know, obviously the the Big Ten tournament extending to eight teams obviously helps. In regards to the Big Ten tournament, you know, we haven't spoke to you about this yet, but any thoughts about the tournament moving to uh, Target Field? Yeah, well, you know, it was a thing that was made up, you know, um, a couple years ago. I think they determined that it was going to go back to Target Field. Yeah. And, and, you know, anytime you get a chance to play in a big league stadium, I think it's something that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, you know, a neat experience for our guys, and so... Uh, you know, it's going to be tough to beat the crowds that we had in Omaha, but, you know, to get a chance to play, like I said, in a big league ballpark is is, uh, is a thrill for our guys, too. So uh, it should be fun. Well, it should help, the, obviously, the pitchers, too, a big, bigger ballpark, so it should be pretty exciting. Um, yeah. And obviously, and speaking of pitchers, so last year a big storyline heading into the season was, you know, who's going to be that third starter. So in terms of this year, you know, I asked about, you know, a little bit about right field. In terms of that third starter, any any names pop up? Any any guys playing? Pr- well, playing yeah. There are a lot of a lot of different options, and it's good to have good options, and we certainly have that. I mean, you know, we've we've taken a look at Jeff Kinley, you know, maybe moving from a closer to a starter. Mm-hmm. We've taken a look at uh, you know Jake Lowry, either becoming a closer or a starter. Well, we've got a couple freshmen that I think are going to be very good. Uh, I don't know whether they're going to be ready to pitch on the weekend yet or not. Right. Um, but you know, you look at our staff and the depth that our staff has, and I think you you've got you know five or six pretty good options, which is a good place to be. Right, and you know, obviously Brett and I analyzing last year. You know, Anthony Masavich pitched excellent in that Big Ten tournament. Any thoughts on him? You know, moving into that final that's, world? Or yeah, that's that's another one that could be a, a possibility as well. Um, you know, so that's and Anthony had a great fall as well. So that's another one that uh, is certainly in the running. We'll see how it plays out. Right. No, it's pretty exciting. You know, a lot of the guys you spoke about are are playing pretty well in the fall. Um, yeah. Any so workouts moving up soon? Any thoughts about that? Closing it up here. 
Well, yeah, we, you know, we go into kind of our individual workout phase here, um, um, you know, until Thanksgiving and then get back from Christmas break and guys will, uh, you know, work out, uh, captains will run practice and then we start the official team practice in the end of January. So it's going to be here before we know it, but, uh, you know, it's an exciting time and I'm really excited about this group of kids. we got a great group of young men that, that work hard and are really buying into the, the team concept of playing for each other. So it's, uh, it's going to be uh, fun to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, if it's anything like the fall, it'll continue to be exciting. Last question here, Coach. World Series, who who you got? Who are you picking? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, you look at either one of those teams, and, you know, the Royals are extremely hot, and the Giants have been there before, and maybe, uh, you know, you could make an argument that they're a little more talented. But, you know, this time of year, it just comes down to momentum and, uh, and who gets some confidence and who plays well. It's a toss-up. Uh, I'm an American League guy, so I'll take the Royals. There you go. That's my pick, too, Coach. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. It was a, always a pleasure speaking with you, Coach Boss. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, you know, everything continues going well in the winter as it has in the fall. We thank you very much. All right. Very good. Thanks, Barry. All right. Thanks, Coach. Okay. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that was Coach Boss. You heard a lot from him there uh, in terms of some of the questions. You know, I was talking to you guys a little bit before the interview. But he spoke pretty highly of a lot of his players that he has, you know, coming in, and then a lot of the players that, you know, played last year. You know, it's really exciting to talk about, um, you know, some guys like Ryan Krill. You know, I even mentioned he's one of my guys, my players to watch for this year. You know, Ryan, especially with losing Jimmy Pickens last year, I think that, you know, Ryan Krill, especially left-handed power bat, needs to step up in his production. So, you know, the fact that he didn't strike out, that's huge. You know, he's in a senior role. You know, he's starting to realize, all right, listen, you know, I need to step up, be a leadership have you know a leadership position on this team, but also production-wise, you know I need I'm a, I'm a leader, and you know my my peers and my you know subordinates under me and my other players that you know some of these freshmen need to see you know the way I'm playing, the way I'm performing, and you know look up to that. So I think that's really exciting. Some of the freshmen though, like Brandon Hughes that he says talking about in right, and then obviously Troop in right field that'll be exciting. I was thinking more Chase Toth. Um, you know, coach kind of hinted though at some freshmen playing in right field. I think that'd be really exciting especially some guys, you know, some right fielders, they pitch too, they have great arms, um, then maybe we'll see him pitch a bit too. But let's dive into something that he talked a little bit about in terms of that third starter role. So I think that's really important, especially this team. I would, you know, pin Michigan State more of a, you know, pitching ball club, especially last year, um, you know, they're more of an offensive team. So if we look at stats last year, you know, last year they had a great three-man rotation for the weekend series. You know, starting off with Van Vossen, Allman, and then Cam View. I mean, there'd be times where you'd win... There was one series I remember Van Vossen threw, you know, it was a no-hitter through, I think, you know, six innings, and they got, you know, it ended, and then Allman went the next day and almost pitched a better outing. So, you know, which each, which each, each outing, sorry, sorry, folks, you know, each pitcher got better. So it's pretty exciting, you know, for Michigan State fans. But in terms of this year, so a lot of guys he's talking about, you know, obviously last year with the issues, you know, in the Big Ten tournament, in the closers role, in those, those games against, you know, Nebraska, I think, you know, and... They pulled in, they put Van Vossen at the end of the game and not a closer because Kinley pitched the night before. He pitched, I think, three three or four innings, and he was, a, he was worked. So he pitched great the night before, but he wasn't available for the next day. So the fact that Kinley, Kinley pitched excellent last year. So, you know, if we're pulling up Kinley's stats right now, I've got it right in front of me, you know, 2-4-5 ERA, uh, you know, in 30 appearances. In terms of his, um, let's see here, you know, opponent's batting average, they batted 250 against him. He pitched, I think he had a, a great season. Um, in terms of saves, he had 13 on uh, around 36 innings. 
So he pitched a lot of innings. He had a lot of work. You know, he was a guy that at the end of the game, you know, if your fans are watching, you know, Kinley comes into the game, it's almost like Craig Kimbrell for Atlanta. You know, you're counting on that game to be closed out. You know, like you feel comfortable. You just take a deep breath. You know, I'm up in the press box. I'm taking a deep breath. All right, Kinley's in the game. We're cool. But in terms of that closer role, I mean, we saw for you Tigers fans out there, I think the most important thing for Michigan State is to not mess with success. So, you know, we talked, we talked last year, I was on the summer, on the, on the pack, talking about this. If you have a known commodity, you know, everybody thinks the grass is greener on the other side. If you have Jeff, Klin, Jeff Kinley, man, I'm sorry, guys. Jeff Kinley at closer, who's pitching, pitching the lights out, he's pitching great. I mean, why mess with success and move him to that starter role? You know, that might mess with his head. You know, especially, I talked a lot about, you know, about that closer position. Being a White Sox fan, you know, obviously living in Michigan and with the Tigers, having a closer's mentality, you know, baseball is such a mental sport. And having that closer's mentality is the most important thing. So, you know, if Kinley's able to do that, if he's successful, you know, I, I think he should stick there. A few guys I would look at, like I mentioned, a coach was a guy like Anthony Masevich. I think Masevich pitched great in a big-time, you know, position last year in those games. He pitched excellent. He was, you know, he's excited. He was getting strikeouts. So I think that's the guy I would look at. So right now, my two picks for right field and then third starter, you know, obviously we'll try and talk to Brett, you know, as the season turns around, as he's almost done his internship. But, you know, I think Masevich and Chase Toth are the two guys that I would put in those positions. You know, it's always exciting when you have freshmen in those, you know, those outfield positions starting and playing. It's really exciting, you know, for us fans and, and for the coaches and the players. But, you know, right now, I think you have to take the known commodities. So, you know, I would keep Kinley in that, in that closers role and then maybe move Jake Lowry or move, you know, a guy like Masevich, who I talked about, into that third starter role, which I think would be really exciting, you know, for this team. And then, you know, in the top two spots, you have your one and two guys, you know, arguably some of the best pitchers in, in all the Big Ten. And Vossen obviously is going to be vying this year for pitcher of the year in the Big Ten. He had a great year last year, led the league in strikeouts, I believe, um, in the Big Ten, but he pitched great. So I think Van Vossen, especially not getting drafted, that'll add a lot of, you know, motivation for him and, and Blaze Salter to really perform this year. But so in that third spot, you know, I'm, I'm picking Masevich to stick there. And obviously Jake Lowry pitched great in the bullpen last year, 294 ERA, you know, he's three and one in around in one appearance actually or a multiple multiple different appearances sorry those games started um but he had like 26 different appearances and he pitched pretty great so moving on from that in terms of some of the other things coach talked about you know obviously the teams competing in the big 10 so you know last year with the conference expanding to eight teams in the tournament we're looking here so right now the standings from last year indiana was ahead of everybody else so their overall record, they were 44 and 15, and you know in the Big Ten they were 21 and three. So that's a team, you know, no nobody really could touch. Michigan State was, you know, outplayed by them, especially with the type of talent they had. You know, Sam Travis won Big Ten Player of the Year. Kyle Schwarber was a, a really high draft pick. You know, he was even, um, you know, fourth overall draft pick, and you know he was one of the best. He's one of the better players in the Cubs farm system right now. So if you're looking at it right now, you know the Nebraska Cornhuskers are obviously going to be at the top. And obviously Maryland, you know, coach spoke very highly of Maryland. They were in the tournament. They played very well. So I think next year if you're pinning like a top top four team, I'd put Indiana, Nebraska, and Maryland, and then Michigan State battling with Illinois, you know, obviously for that, for that four spot. There's going to be a lot riding on Michigan State for, you know, some of their, their, big, their big leaders. And, you know, obviously with Krill, Checky, Gibson, and Salter, I think those are the main guys offensively. And then with Van Vossen in view and seeing how that third starter spot is going to fit, 
I think those are some of the keys for Michigan State. So wrapping up here, some of the storylines Brett and I really like to address, the main issue with Michigan State baseball was that the leadership role. There was no profound leader that Coach O was mentioned or that some of the players mentioned, you know, so-and-so always had our back or, you know, we were in the dugout. This, this guy was always, you know, the first one out of the dugout cheering us on. So I think that will be the key for Michigan State next year, especially if all these freshmen are playing. You know, you have a lot of inexperienced guys. You know, last year in the in middle of the infield, airs were a huge problem. You know, with Ryan Richardson, I'm not going to, you know, harp on Richardson too much, but, you know, and obviously over, or over at third base, you know, even Johnny Nate. Johnny Nate and Richardson, you know, at second and, second and short had a bit of issues sometimes. But, you know, obviously with the leadership presence, guys want to perform better. It's tough that, you know, we lost Joel Fisher, who was a bit of a leader, you know, especially behind the plate. But I think with Van Vossen and Salter really coming back, you know, for their senior seasons, I think they have to have a leadership presence, and I think they will. So I think that those are the main goals right now. Obviously, we're going to continue to talk to Coach. We'll have him either on a podcast or some updates with a storyline every Friday. So stay tuned for those. In terms of freshmen right now, guys, so you heard the big three in my mind. It's Troop, Hughes, and McGuire. McGuire is my pick. That guy's a stud. Coach said, you know, he's not really sure where he'll play yet. But, you know, obviously if you keep producing like he is, you know, they're, they're going to find a spot for him. But, you know, a lot of exciting things happening right now, guys. We'll try and get this video out today. It's Friday, October. What date is it today? And it's the 17th. So hopefully we'll get that out today. Depending on when you listen to this, you know, postseason baseball right now, guys. It's, it's pretty exciting. So I'm picking the Kansas City Royals at five. You heard Coach pick them. You know, it's pretty exciting. Hopefully that goes well. And keep, uh, we'll keep you posted on any updates with Michigan State Baseball. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully next time we have another co-host here to talk to you guys. But this has been Zach Swerat on the warning track. This is off-season updates. Go green. Go white. We're out.